Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And a celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Ah! ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Road. heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are and whatever you are doing via the ESPN app, all great ways to keep up with the program. Wherever you go, uh, those are not the only ways, though. Listening is great. We like to... Uh, do it the old-fashioned way, if you will, albeit by new technologies, as mentioned on the app. But our friends on Twitch know the deal. They know the deal. Because at twitch.tv slash Talk, you can watch the show. Hello. See into the inner sanctum here. You can chat throughout the show. You can get the show within the show, which is during radio breaks. The Twitch audience gets their own show. It's a beautiful thing. So, however you're taking in the program today, we do appreciate that. The Twitch chat is a great way to participate through the show. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter is where you find us on social media. John Desco just walked away from what I can only describe as a tire fire of a press conference. We will have instant reaction to that. You were watching on Twitch. If you did see twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk, we ran the press conference for you. We will have reaction to that now. So we'll get into that shortly uh, as the Chase Scanlon situation continues to evolve, and none of it's good. And we haven't seen the last of this, folks. This is only the beginning of where this is going to go and where this situation stands. So we will get into that shortly. We will also talk some NFL draft today where Ify Melanfonwu, Andre Sisco, and Trill Williams will go. We're going to talk to somebody who I think has the beat and the pulse of it as well as anybody, our friend Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports. He's an NFL draft analyst. Speaking of Syracuse football, he's going to join us this hour, by the way, at 420. Speaking of Syracuse football, we heard from Dino Babers today. Yes, we Thanks, did. Brent. Welcome, Coach. Appreciate uh, Dino speaking with the media. We got some perspective on spring practice and a number of things. We got Dino at the beginning of camp. We got Dino at the end of camp following what we heard from the players today. Thought we got some insightful things from Dino Baber, so we'll listen back to some of those things, including what he thinks of the three players that we anticipate getting selected in the NFL draft coming up. Matt Perino is going to join us later from the Bills perspective and the AFC East perspective and we love talking football 
with Matt Perino. We'll go on the blind side and do all the normal things that we do here. All right, let's catch you up if you're just tuning in and want to do just that. So you know, of course, what's going on with Chase Scandling. Number 22, and as I wrote in my column today on Syracuse.com, being the number 22 brings with it a certain level of fanfare, a certain level of skepticism, a certain level at a higher and brighter spotlight than any other player. Chase Scanlon on the field was maybe starting to demonstrate why his talents earned that number. Off the field, we are seeing a lot of things come to fruition, which demonstrated that he did not only deserve, not only not deserve the number 22, he did not deserve to be here, period. So what we reported today on Syracuse.com via police reports, and you can read Lindsey Kramer's story, a uh, number of reporters helped out on that, myself included, is there was a, the re, we now know the reason why Chase Scanlon was suspended indefinitely. Okay, There was a domestic incident. Domestic incident, which we need to point out, no charges were filed. There was a domestic incident. The next day is when the indefinite suspension came. So now you put two and two together. As John Desco noted at that press conference a moment ago, let's play the clip. When the review happened and a decision had to be made about reinstating Chase Scanlon, on the Syracuse lacrosse team. Desco just confirmed a few minutes ago it was, in fact, he who did so. Well, yes, it's my decision to reinstate him, and uh, that's all I'll say at this time. His decision to reinstate Chase Scanlon, a decision that led to an entire lacrosse team saying yesterday that they would not practice if Chase Scanlon was on the field. Now, apparently that changed today. Desco noting at his Zoom press conference that they did practice and Chase did practice. I asked John Desco if that means that the stalemate, if you will, of the players not practicing with Chase is over. He did not answer that question. Desco began his press conference with an opening statement, and here is that opening statement. To address reports that have occurred in the media about Chase Scanlon, as you're all well aware, federal law prohibits the university from discussing specific issues relating to a student's experience or record at the university. We can tell you it is limited to information related to a student athlete's team status. Chase was suspended from the team 10 days ago for violating team rules and expectations. On Monday, April 26th, I reinstated him. He will not be traveling with the team this weekend. I can't and won't offer any further comment. I will now take questions about our game against Notre Dame. That was John Desco's opening statement. As you can imagine, a number of questions came in about Chase Scanlon. And folks, this is the story. This is a 22. This is your leading scorer. This has been a, a, a massive story for a number of reasons. No one's here to talk about Notre Dame. I give credit to Syracuse in some ways for having a press conference because it's darned if you do, darned if you don't. If you don't have the presser, you're hiding. If you do have the presser, well, you leave yourself open to what we just saw. 
and what we just saw. And they are limited by what they can say. At least they've been told they're limited in what they can say by federal law. Now, I don't know this for sure, but the federal law they're referring to is, and I could get into a whole thing about this, and I think you're going to start to see this come to fruition. This is just an educated guess on my part. If I am wrong, somebody can steer me in a different direction. I am not a lawyer. I play one on the radio. But, and this is by no means a political statement, this is fact. The Trump administration, under former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, changed the procedures in which the accused, in this case, and Chase Scandalin is now in a situation where he would fall into that category, involved in a domestic incident. Now, he no charges were filed, okay? But he was involved in a domestic incident. If it gets to the point where he is, in fact, accused of something, whatever that shall be, there's a lot of categories that fall under domestic situations. You can list them. You can look at them. Under new Title IX provisions, it is harder to accuse somebody, including an athlete on a college campus, of such a thing and have that relate to you not being on a roster. You can't simply suspend somebody because there was an incident. You, you need more than that. So because no charges were filed, and what we know at this point, given the, the story we wrote today, the, the documents that we have seen, the police reports, DPS reports, which is Syracuse Public Safety, it would fall into the category of Syracuse knows the new law, and doesn't want to violate the federal provisions. You heard Desco say it right there. The Title IX laws are stricter. I mean, you can find them. They're out there. It'd be a long read. Settle down and get ready for a lot of legal stuff. But at the heart of it, it says it is harder for somebody in a number of domestic situations to be accused of something without proof, without police reports, and what their status not only as a student, but as a student athlete would be. So that is my guess as to what the federal laws they're referring to are. As the presser went on, John Desco would either say... Uh, please refer to my opening statement. Or... I only answer questions about Notre Dame right now. Okay. I know he's in a spot there where he's limited on what he can say. But what I keep coming back to, and what I believe... I just saw was the beginning of the end of his tenure as a lacrosse coach at Syracuse University. What I keep coming back to, why do you feel the need to reinstate Chase Scanlon to this lacrosse team? Knowing what you know, and there is only a certain amount public to what we know. So there is a due process. You have to be fair about how athletes are handled. But, look, we live in a world now where information gets out there, things happen. We in, in media have a process we have to follow and have to be responsible in following that process. A lot of people don't, and people talk, and there are things out there that I will not discuss on this show because it's all speculation at this point. But I keep coming back to the fact that you know what you know. You know your lacrosse team. Now, nobody said this publicly, but no one refuted it either. That that team wouldn't even practice with Chase Scandal. That's a fact. It was not said publicly by anybody on that team, but I know that's true. 
I know those reports are true, and I think it's pretty telling that that has not been refuted by one person, not one in authority on that team, any captains, it was supported, uh, uh, reportedly, pardon me, a captain's decision. You know this, or perhaps you did not know this. You found this out by the team taking this stance. And your reaction to this is to reinstate him and let him practice today. Now, he did say he's not going to travel with the team to Notre Dame. If he is bound by some sort of legal strategy there, then it would probably have been wise to dis- to disclose that in the press conference. Because you're taking an awful lot of heat here as a head coach if, in fact, these were not your decisions. If they were your decisions, that's even worse. That's even worse. It's an unfortunate thing that has popped up with this team Heading for Notre Dame, you know, you want to use that old word distractions. Folks, th- this is beyond distraction. This is this is not a little distraction here. Somebody got in trouble, you know, in class or something. No, th- this is serious. This is a serious thing that's happening here. And how you have handled this and how you just handled this, I am befuddled by. I, I am absolutely befuddled by if you are bound by some sort of legal thing here and if the university if this is their strategy let me just say no one's coming off looking good here no one from the top down we haven't heard a word from john wildack we haven't heard a word until recently right there from john desco and I understand there's certain procedures there, right? You can't just hop on Twitter and say, here, here are my thoughts on this, particularly when there's billable hours and lawyers involved. I understand that. I do. But there's also an image you've got to maintain. There's also right and wrong. This has not felt right from the moment it's happened. I've said it on this show. I will stand by this. This is not the first time something's happened with Jay Scanlon. Now we got to this point and you continue to pick him being associated with your lacrosse team over the betterment of the team, the image that that portrays for the university, everybody involved, alums, fans, whoever you want to put it. It harkens back to a question I asked on this show yesterday. Is it worth it? The answer was no. Learning what we learned today And what I fear we could continue to learn. The answer is unequivocally no. The answer is the biggest, fattest, boldest no that I could express right now. We have seen this in other situations. Each situation needs to be handled uniquely and looked at in its own. But when are we going to stop just giving preferential treatment, and there are legal things here. I understand that, and I'm going to continue to say that, and I get where the university has to abide by certain things. But you know what? There's also right and wrong. There's also, you're not bigger than the team. You have caused too big of a distraction for this team. The team would not even practice with him. That's a big 
deal. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of a team. Now, they didn't make a public statement on this, but it certainly got out there. It certainly got to the point where it was made public and not disputed. What more do you need to know? And I want to emphasize here, Chase Scanlon, like anybody, is certainly afforded due process and should be given due process. But here we are a day later. That's how you handle it. That's how you're going to continue to handle it. Now, he's not going to play Saturday. He's not going to travel with the team, but, hey, he can practice. And I I just, no, no. No is the answer to that question. So I do want to be fair. I want to see how this plays out, how it's handled. A lot of this is certainly beyond the head coach. He's not the only one at fault here. There are lawyers involved. We'll see where the process takes us. But if you're asking me where I'm at right now, it's hard to believe. And that's right now. Think of where we could go here. It's hard to believe some changes aren't going to be made. And I'm having a hard time believing that some changes at this point should not be made. So that's where we're at. That's what just happened. And on that note, we will break. We will certainly continue this discussion, continue to track developments out there. It's going on with this. It's an evolving story. Things could change, but that's where we're at right now. It's probably better that we change gears on the other side here because I'm getting more and more, let's just say, frustrated. And I'll put it that way, the more we talk about this. And that's where we're at. I mean, folks, you should see my text message. You should see what, and I would now encourage these people to speak out publicly themselves. And by these people, I mean former players. Uh, boy, go down the list. Fans, people that have some pride and association with this lacrosse program. You know, I'm curious what others that have worn that sacred number think about this. I'm, I'm curious what bigger names than, than certainly I think about and how this is being handled. Again, knowing the legal limitations that are there now. But there is enough to know that the answer to this has been, is it worth it? The answer to that is no. Why you continue to go forward in this manner is... It's disappointing. And on that note, we will break. And we will come back and we will change gears. We're going to get our stock market report on the other side here from our friend uh, Bill Lee Baldwin and company. Chris Trapasso is going to join us to talk some NFL draft. Curious what your reaction is. It's, it, it's all just happening. And I, a lot of people are, are just taking this in, right? So let's let that marinate. Let's let that settle in. Let's let you see how this goes. We'll see how things continue to progress. I feel bad for this lacrosse team. I mean, trust me, the situation itself is bigger than any lacrosse conversation we can have right now. That's not important. I don't care about Notre Dame. But there is a team that's been affected by this, and they made the loudest statement you could make yesterday. That's all you need to know. Now, maybe that change today is indicated. He did practice with the team, and that's where we're at there. But what do you say we take a break? 
And we'll come back and we'll talk some NFL draft and we'll have Matt Perino coming up later. We'll have Chris Trapasso on the other side. We'll continue to monitor this and see where it goes. But I think I just saw the beginning of the end. I'm pretty sure that's what I just saw. I'm pretty sure I'm going to look back on this day and I'm going to say that's the breaking point. And on that note, we'll break. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here on the block, ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. On the Block's presented by Pathfinder Bank. Great to have you on board. Yeah, it's over. All right, let's hear from a couple head coaches here. Uh, John Desco being one of them who spoke to the media today uh, shortly before we came on the air. And in the wake of everything that's going on with Chase Gamblin, the new reports that's out there today that there was a domestic incident he was not charged, and now that, that kind of ties into why he was given a suspension indefinitely. He was reinstated, as Desco said today. He reinstated him. When asked, and I'll play the clip for you here, he said it was his decision to put him back on the team. Well, yes, it's my decision to reinstate him, and uh, that's all I'll say at this time. A big why uh, to that, certainly, with you know details and process ongoing here, not only about the incident we've learned about and will continue to learn about considering the eyes that are on this now, but as I've said, this is not strike one for Chase. There have been other things, and everybody deserves a second chance, but do you deserve a third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance? And, and that's up to you as a coach. It's up to you as as a athletic department and all that stuff. But trust me, this this is not incident one, Okay. But it's pretty telling that we've reached a point where the team won't even go on the field and practice if he's there. Now, they did clarify that Chase did not practice with the team. Initially, Desco said in the press conference that he did practice with the team. I asked if that meant that the stalemate is over, that the team will practice with him. John uh, did not answer that question. It was then clarified that Chase actually didn't practice with the team. He worked out independently on his own. And I brought it up. I was sent a photo of the team basically just like waiting for him to get off the field. So they did not practice with him today. Here was Desco's statement. Started the, the press conference with this. I want to address reports that have occurred in the media about Chase Scanlon. As you're all well aware, federal law prohibits the university from discussing specific issues relating to a student's experience or record at the university. We can tell you is limited to information related to a student-athlete's team status. Chase was suspended from the team 10 days ago for violating team rules and expectations. On Monday, April 26th, I reinstated him. He will not be traveling with the team this weekend. I can't and won't offer any further comment. I will now take questions about our game against Notre Dame. So this has become a legal issue. He had to be reinstated to the roster for what I would imagine would be a Title IX legal issue. The new Title IX provisions, it, 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 I, I don't have the time to go through them all here. We would have to really prioritize the ones that apply to this situation. But in a nutshell, uh, recent changes made during the Trump administration made it harder to accuse somebody of a number of domestic things. This was described as a domestic incident and a story we had on Syracuse.com per police reports, per documents. Okay. Could be a number of things as this continues to evolve. And you heard the reference there to federal law, and, and that's what you do when you don't want to talk about anything. You just say it's in the lawyer's hand. So I get Desco is in a spot there, but why reinstate him at all? 
why, if if in fact it was your decision to reinstate him, you weren't required to reinstate him, you weren't told to reinstate him, and maybe John just didn't want to throw somebody under the bus there. He's the head coach. you got to take the good with the bad. That's not something I'd admit to. It's not. Listen, I'm not the coach. I'm not in this spot. It's a tough spot for Syracuse to be in. But, I mean, the team won't even practice with him. What we know is only half the story. There's obviously more to this, and this isn't going away today. This is a serious situation that goes well beyond lacrosse. The impression that I've gotten through this publicly, and I understand that your hands are tied legally, but they have not taken a stand on this. The team did. The players did. The administration and the coach, nothing. Bupkis, hiding behind federal laws and all these other legal things. There's ways you can get your message out there and take a stand on something if you're worried about what the lawyers are going to do to you. And given the circumstances of what this story's about, and we now know as a domestic incident, you know what? Step up. Step up. Now, he's not going to travel to Notre Dame. He's not going to play. His practice is pretty much the past two days been limited to independent work. Right. And again, due process want to be Chase has a right to go through all the legal proceedings he's got to go through, university policies and everything, but this ain't the first strike with this kid. And I go back to the question I asked yesterday. Is it worth it? And I'm gonna tell you, if I'm wrong on this, I'll be the first person to say I was wrong. I'm not gonna be wrong about this one, I feel strongly. The answer is going to be an unequivocal no. So why even go through this? In the press conference, look, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't show up, you're hiding. If you do, as Desco said several times for the press conference. Uh, I only answer questions about Notre Dame right now. And also. Uh, please refer to my opening statement. When things about Chase came up. When 10 situations come up like this, I get you're limited legally. I get there's only so much you can control. The perception and the image on this in the last 48 hours has has just been, it's been bad. And I think it's going to get worse, and I'll, I'll stick by what I said earlier. I think what we are seeing is the beginning of the end here. I think what we're starting to see is some changes are going to be made, and whatever those changes may be, by his choice, by the school's choice, whatever the case may be, I think we're just starting to see, like, changes are going to come about from this. That's a prediction on my Again, if I'm wrong on that prediction, I'll be the first person to say, I didn't get that one. But given everything that's happened around this and what could happen based on what is an evolving situation and the more it gets looked into, I just don't see how anybody comes out of this either in a, in a positive light, looking good, standing up for what it needed to be stand up for, handling it from a PR perspective, really other than the players. I mean, the players did the best thing here. They stood and didn't even say it publicly, but certainly got it out there publicly in in a way that wouldn't implicate anybody. That's an uncomfortable position for these players to be in, to take a stand, whether it be social media or make a statement as a team, which they certainly would be welcome to do and should be allowed to do. But you got to think about the team as a whole. It feels like, to me, they're thinking about this more than the adults above them that are handling this because, oh, no, lawyers... And you have to respect federal law. You have to respect procedures. I completely understand that. But there are ways to get it across like, look, we know what's up here. We're going to do the bare minimum. We're going to stand up for what's right. And they're not doing that. 
Okay, so that's Desco. Let's move on to Dino Babers, who addressed the media today. As they do have one more practice, but it's essentially the end of spring ball. And look, I've wondered about this, so I asked Dino about it today, and I wanted to get his perspective on it. And that is, they've been pretty quiet so far, right? We've seen some things on social media, a couple of videos here and there. Didn't have a spring game had the opportunity to put their spring game or whatever spring event they would have on television. They declined to do that on the ACC network. They've been kind of working in the shadows here. And here's what Dino said uh, is the strategy on that and and kind of eliminating distractions as much as you can at this point. We just wanted to make sure we got our practices in our spring based off of where our COVID rules are up here in the state. It wasn't going to be much of a spring game compared to the games that you guys saw on TV where they had fans and everything else. We haven't, our fans hadn't seen our new dome yet. So it was just a matter of making sure we get our work in and everybody could focus and kind of eliminate all the distractions and really lock in on what they needed to do. Dino noted there, which you didn't hear in the clip, that you know he wants all of us to get our COVID shots and make sure everything's square there. And I feel confident in the fall things will be back to uh, whatever normal will be uh, in that new era here. But it's good to get his perspective on that. Some of the players shared uh, that as well yesterday. And one other thing that I asked Dino about was, how you approach 1-10. and 10. You can't get away from it. That was your record last year. How much do you dwell on it? Try and turn the page on it. And here's what he said about that. You know, 1-10 and 10 is not something you really want to use as fuel. You know, I I, I think uh, I was I did listen to the interviews. I, I want to say maybe it was Josh Black. I don't want to throw this, throw this where he said, hey, I've never been a part of a, a team that's only won one game his entire life. And I've been doing it for 35, and I can't remember how many years I was playing uh, before that. You just add 10, 45 years. Before last year, it only happened once to me in 45 years. That's coaching and playing. So it's not something that happens a lot. And uh, it's something that needs not happen. Everybody's curious about those quarterbacks, right? And uh, Dino knew that the quarterbacks would be asked about considering the addition of Garrett Schrader in the offseason. And don't forget Jacoby and Morgan is back, and they added a freshman. So there is certainly more competition in that room than we've seen in recent years. And Dino says that's the best quarterback room that they've had. I think the biggest thing is is that we've got. I think we've got the best room since we've been here. Look, from one through five, those guys are really something. I think Justin, uh, Justin, the younger young man, our youngest kid, is going to be really good. We're really excited about him. Dylan has really come on. He's, he made some throws in spring ball. and We kind of look back, and he's looking at me like, heck, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Jacobian stands up there like a statue. He's like the Statue of Liberty when he's in a pocket. You just, you just love the way he just is so fearless when he's standing up there. And it's good to see him come back from his concussion situation. And then the other two guys have done fa- fabulous. I mean, Garrett's legs are are a plus. There's no doubt about it. And Tommy's been very accurate in the with the ball. So I think this competition is healthy. I think the competition will continue throughout the summer, and uh, we'll see what happens in the fall. A couple more from Dino Babers, of course, with the draft coming up. Uh, Fatou Melifonwu, Andre Cisco, and Trill Williams all look like they're going to be selected. Certainly, Iffy and Cisco, and I think Trill will be added to that list, too. Here's specifically what he told Iffy about uh, going into the draft. This was a funny moment. When it goes back to those three young men, it's, uh, you know, I, I always read Iffy. I said, Iffy, you told me that if I redshirt you as a freshman that you wouldn't leave early. Coach, I never said that. I said, the heck you didn't? <laughs> Coach, I never said that. But I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this to you. Even if he'd have said, Coach, I, I want to come back. Once I found out where 
he was going to get drafted, I'd have told him he has to leave. Anytime you get an opportunity to go that early in the draft and it looks like he's going to have an opportunity to go that early, you have to go. You have to go. The bummer is if you don't, if you don't go, like if those guys, those guys drop below where they're supposed to go, then, you know, that's no fun. A little bit more on the NFL and the players about to go into the NFL and how uh, the minute you get picked, sign on the dotted line, how things change. I tell the guys this all the time. I said the last time, this is a recruiting, the last time you ever get to pick your head coach, the last time you ever get the chance to pick your position coach is when you're in high school going to college. The last time that football is going to be fun, fun, fun is in college. Because the minute you sign that paper, it's it's no longer a game, it's a business. Okay, I lied. I wanted to play one more. Because you have Iffy, you have Cisco, you have Trill. Garrett Williams couldn't end up being one of the best of the bunch. And, and Dino likes what he sees from Garrett stepping up as he's the guy now in that secondary. I mean, you... I have to remind him, like Garrett, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta go on some of these other receivers because, you know, he's got to make sure that he's constantly getting work and he's getting better too. And uh, there's there's only a very few clientele out there that can really make him better every day. He's really really good, and he's really really humble, and he's every day he's trying to get better. He's like a he's like a iffy Cisco. I'm, He's his own man, but his work ethic is like those guys. And uh, I would I would anticipate the same thing that's going to happen to those guys on Friday and, and Friday and Saturday, or hopefully Thursday is the same thing that's going to happen to Garrett. There he is, Dino Babers. Thanks, Brent. Well, thank you, Coach. Good to hear from you today and get some perspective on what's been, you know, a, a spring game, a spring football session in the shadows. But there you go. On that note, we will break. I should note this before we do break. Uh, the Virginia Tech-Syracuse women's game has not started yet. We are wondering what was up with that. The game before them went a little long, so we were going to keep you updated on that, but uh, has not started yet, but looks like it's coming up here shortly. So if anything happens in that game you need to know about uh, while we're on the air, we'll certainly let you know, all right? But we're going to let you know about the blind side coming up. I have no idea what to let you know about there because that's the point of the whole segment. Tommy Gunn, he's ready to go. Fresh off the second shot. He's all vaccinated and ready to party. Stay right there.